Welcome to and almost starring the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And give him the old razzle dazzle. That's Chicago. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Jo, how you doing today? I'm okay, Jeff. You're How okay. Are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. As oh. good as can be, you know. You know. Chicago is a movie adaptation of the hit Broadway musical and premiered in Los Angeles on December 10th, 2002. Amy Cho, what is your experience with Chicago? Uh, first, your experience with Chicago, the movie, and then we'll talk a bit about the stage show. Uh, yes. So <laughs> the film, I've only seen once before, and it was wow. in theaters when I was in college. Uh, I went to go see this in the cinema, uh, and then I didn't see it again until when we rewatched this when the other night. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I also saw this uh, first in cinemas. I saw this on a date in high school, uh, and this was in January because, as I said, it, it premiered in Los Angeles on December 10th, and then, like, at the end of December, it, like, had a limited release, and then in January, they, like, slowly, slowly rolled it out into mm-hmm. wide release. So it was January, so there's already nothing to watch, which is a smart, you know, you release your film, you're a good, a better film in December. So you're like, you've got those mainstays uh, because I suggested, why don't we see Chicago? And she suggested we see Gods and Generals, the three hour, 39 minute follow up to Gettysburg, which has an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, And we saw Chicago and the relationship did not last. Uh, So let's talk briefly about Chicago, the stage show, because I've seen it once on the Broadway. But uh, tell us a bit about your experience seeing it and some of these schmancy people you've seen in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I saw it on the national tour. Oh, um, when I was in high school, I saw it on Broadway with Michael C. Hall as Billy Flynn yes. and his then wife, Amy Spanger, Broadway star as Roxy. Then I was on deck crew for a production of it in college at the mm-hmm. Boston Conservatory. <laughs> I, uh, in the second act, had to sit in the audience because during the trial scene, I ran like a live feed camera. So I'm just like leaning against the wall of the house in the front row like in a black turtleneck and black pants with a bowler hat on my head during the scene (laughs) but holding fully visibly holding a camera operating the courtroom scene chicago's an easier show to hide your uh stage stage crew uh since you're all in the stage production you know everyone's always in black that put in black and throw a bowler hat (laughs) exactly exactly um so there was that, and then... I'm imagining the dour stage crew in uh, something like Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which is like, I can't just wear black, I gotta be in, dressed like a cupcake. Yeah, um, I have so many <laughs> friends with such stories about, like, their stage managers, or their, uh, often an assistant stage manager will be, like, backstage, mm-hmm. and will be moving a lot of stuff on stage, and, like, deck crew, where they had to be in costume oh. for, like, Hello Dolly! Oh. And, and if there's one thing you need to know about <laughs> most people who uh, are stage managers or work crew, is that they do not want to be... In any kind of costume, much less full period garb with like a hat. Um, on, on stage is not back where they belong is what you might say. Uh, you might. Exactly. Um, so, yes. And then I saw it, The last time I saw it on Broadway was in, gosh, that would have been like 2011 mm-hmm. when one of my dearest friends in the world, Nika Graf Lanzaroni, was playing Velma yes, Kelly. Yes, yes. Uh, the youngest Velma Kelly ever on Broadway. Um, Amazing. And let's see. Charlotte D'Amboise was the Roxy then. Incredible. Um, uh, 
Christopher Sieber was was Billy mm-hmm. Flynn, and Chris Sullivan yes, was who, Amos Hart. Who now people will know from This Is Us and uh, Taser Face Taser from Face. Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, too. Yeah, but I feel like most people know him. So many people know him from This Is Us now. Totally. Like it's really, He's, he was wonderful. Uh, and I saw this once on Broadway in 2006 with uh, Robin Givens as Roxy, who was great, mm-hmm. uh, and John O'Hurley. Uh, who most people will know as Jay Peterman, Elaine's boss on Seinfeld, as Billy Flynn. And I mainly wanted to see it because of him, because he had just uh, come in second on Dancing with the Stars, which I was a big fan of wow. for that first season, at least. This is news to me. <laughs> I, I'm I think learning I, more about my <laughs> husband and partner right now. Uh, oh, and I, I wanted to tell you this. I saw, as the Velma, I was like, I didn't know who the Velma was, because she wasn't, like, the name. Chicago the, on Broadway right. always has, like, they usually one or put, two uh, the, names. They the celebrity into Roxy, because it's not as difficult a dancing track. Or Billy Flynn. Billy Flynn. Totally, so many, totally. But if, if you're going to yeah. put a celebrity into Roxy or Velma, it is probably going to be Roxy, because yeah. it just requires a lot so less much dancing. dancing skill. Well, this was, like, this very tall, like, short blonde-haired woman who I, I finally like looked up and I was like, oh, it's this actor, just because I finally found like the time frame, right. uh, this actor Amra Faye Wright, who then I found out still plays Velma, is like at least once a year is playing Velma. Wow. She's playing Velma for like 16 years. Uh, she was playing Velma at the point when Broadway shut down because of COVID. Wow. And she's going to turn 60 in August. This is one of the things I love about Chicago is that truly these these women can be yeah. 20 or they can be 60. like, well, and, and it's cast across that whole spectrum of age. Well, that I, when I looked up, I was like, oh, Gwen Verdon was 50 when she played Roxy sure. in the original yes. production. And it actually gives you a different kind of heartbreak to it when it's someone yeah. who was like coming into a particular season of their life and thinking, maybe now I'll make it. But sure. I think that's one of the things that's such a testament to this writing being so good is you really, you just get different uh Things at different, uh, different things become powerful yeah. when you put different people into the roles. Definitely, and I love shows like that where it can work with such a wide uh, uh, swath swath of different actors of different ages, totally. and still works and just works in different ways. Mm-hmm. Now, spoilers ahead: if you haven't seen Chicago or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. In 1924, Roxy Hart watches Velma Kelly perform All That Jazz at a Chicago theater. And after the show, Velma is arrested for killing her husband and sister after having found them in bed together. I would like to say real quick, mm-hmm. because this is, they've wound up a lot of plot here yes. in this in this moment. In the stage show, Velma just enters on the elevator. I love mm-hmm. that they kept that in the film. Yeah, of course you gotta keep her just coming up on that elevator. Show, but that they've, they've made this the night that she right. committed the yes, crime. She's like, this... she's like, where's Velma? She's running late. She comes in like, bl- like walking. The blood, the blood off, off her hands. hands. Whereas that's in the stage show, right? It, because it's all heightened and it's all a vaudeville. Mm-hmm. It's kind of out of time, and you don't have that same immediacy. But I, I turn to you when we're watching yeah. the movie because she's like, you know, I'll be ready in a minute, and like goes to her dressing mm-hmm. room and everything, and she's fully in a corset, <laughs> laced up. And I, I was like, who got her into that? Like, I work in corsets a yeah. lot. They're very difficult to get on by yourself. And if she's truly just come, she's from committing just a murder, that good. She, <laughs> That's going to be really hard to lace up even if your hands aren't covered in blood. I'm sorry. You're not wrong. Uh, So wanting stardom for herself, Roxy begins an affair with Fred Casely, who claims to know the manager of the theater, but a month later admits he has no showbiz connections. And after shoving Roxy into a wall, she shoots him dead. Her simple but devoted husband, Amos, agrees to take the blame, thinking she shot a burglar until the evidence makes him realize she's been having an affair and he recants. Roxy is sent to prison and is expected to hang. At Cook County Jail, Roxy is sent to Murderous's Row, run by the corrupt matron Mama Morton, and Roxy meets her idol, Velma, who quickly snubs her. 
On Morton's advice, Roxy hires Velma's lawyer, manipulative Billy Flynn, who helps Roxy make her over her image as a virtuous woman led astray, and together they manipulate the press, including radio personality Mary Sunshine. Roxy becomes an overnight sensation, and Velma, unhappy at losing the public's attention, tries to convince Roxy to join her act, but Roxy, now the more popular of the two, snubs her. Full raspberry. Just, full, <laughs> just a really delightful, just like... It's just not what you expect. It's one of my this, like, favorite Renee Zellweger moments in this movie. She's it's, just it's, been so like, you know, oh, I'm so, I got so much vulnerability behind what my eyes. What do you eyes. mean they want me to hang? It's like such a like, what? Huh? And Who? then just <laughs> so... to have do that raspberry is like, mm. it, it is one of the things, when I think about like, oh, the movie Chicago, that's the first, it's actually the first thing that comes to mind is her going... I don't know why, but it's that moment. No, 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 none of the impressive dancing or singing or editing or cinematography. Uh, Renee Zellweger going, just doing a blown up raspberry. Well, we all have a legacy. We all have a legacy. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Kitty Baxter, a wealthy heiress, is arrested for murdering her husband and his two lovers, and the press and Billy Flynn begin to turn their attention to her, forcing Roxy to claim she's pregnant in order to regain the spotlight. Amos is at first excited by the news, but Billy convinces him that the child is Casely's and that he should divorce Roxy in the middle of her predicament in order to gain sympathy from the jury. Roxy's trial begins, and Billy turns it into a media spectacle, discrediting witnesses, manipulating evidence, and staging a public reconciliation between Amos and Roxy when she says the child is his. Velma throws a wrench into the case by appearing with Roxy's falsified diary, and she reads incriminating entries in exchange for amnesty in her own case. Billy manages to discredit the diary. Roxy is acquitted, but her fame is eclipsed moments later when another woman shoots a man just outside the courthouse, and Amos finally leaves Roxy after she reveals that she's not pregnant. Roxy goes on to become an unsuccessful vaudeville performer until Velma convinces her to form a double act, and the two stage a spectacular performance that earns them the love of the audience and the press, proclaiming that they couldn't have done it without them. The casting directors of Chicago were Ali Farrell and Laura Rosenthal. Farrell has cast such films as Wendy and Lucy, Last Chance Harvey, and The Messenger, and Rosenthal has cast projects including Analyze This, The Kids Are Alright, and A Quiet Place, and is a two-time Emmy winner for her work on Mildred Pierce and Olive Kitteridge. Now, let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Now, some of these people may have auditioned, some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. We're having fun. Uh, but let's kick things off with Roxy Hart. Real quick, Amy, your thoughts on Renee Zellweger, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I think for someone who is not, to my understanding... A long time lurker <laughs> in the musical theater scene. She does a good job. Yeah. You know? I'll, I'll go ahead, because you just said that, I'll go ahead and interject that she had never done a musical before and didn't know anything about musicals to the point in an interview she was saying that she'd read the script. She couldn't even visualize it. So she was reading uh, We Both Reached for the Gun. And as, as lyrics, she's just reading it as, wait, is this just me going, the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. Oh, dear. The gun. We both reached for the gun. She's, she was like, I, she just couldn't, so she did like, I don't even want to meet with I Rob did. Marshall. Cause she was like, she felt like, as she said, an imposter uh, until she met him. And then he had such faith in her and in the movie that she's like, I can't walk away from this man and never see him again because that would be a great mistake in my life. And I know it. So I'm going to go and spend six months of my life with this person and trust him completely and be a part of this magical world that he's going to create. And that's it. All right, so, I mean, I think she's she's good. She's very good. I mean, here's the thing, is that they also, like, clearly adapted it for the screen. Mm. So they also, I think, leaned into her strengths. 
Yeah, she's she's good. You know, and let's not forget how good she is at playing a ventriloquism dummy in the We Both Reach for the Gun sequence. That's true. Because I forget. That's my other thing that I think of. When I think of her in Chicago, I'm like, of how good she is at playing this, like, dummy that mm-hmm. occasionally springs to life and is, like, being manipulated, mm-hmm, like, in the... Mm-hmm context of the number um but who would you cast if you had to cast someone else oh i don't know i have a lot of thoughts um i was thinking if this were done (laughs) i mean it would have been before the musical was actually written but if this were done in like the early 60s -hmm. roxy and velma would be a or late 50s would be a great marilyn monroe jane russell combo gentlemen for blonde it's like but because they have renee done up so much to look like marilyn Mm -hmm. in this like that i was like oh that would have been fun um i mean it would have been a different film but i think it would have been uh fun which also made me think like and and a lot of my choices are going to skew very Broadway people with some credits that some people might know them for because sure. the people should have the jobs. Great. Um, but I thought Megan Hilty is an obvious choice. Oh, for sure, sure, sure. Like well, I mean, which people know Megan Hilty from, from Smash, Smash, from like a wider uh, Absol- audience post to just the yes. Broadway. Um, but I thought like some people that sprang to mind that would be fun. I was like, oh, this is kind of... I, and I don't know, she might skew more Velma, but I was like, oh, this is the kind of thing I can see Gaga really wanting to do. You know? Oh, yeah, interesting. Like, I, yeah. think she, I mean, she went to NYU for yeah. musical theater before she dropped out to become a pop star. I, I mean, whatever you think about it, I think she does a good job in A Star is Born. I think she, that she is she like, can, a, can leg- well, of course she can sing. But like in terms of like, yeah. uh, from, Holding from the her perspective, down. it's the opposite is Renee, who had no training yeah. as a singer or a dancer where you're, you're you're casting her as an actor and whereas with lady gaga it's like well let's see what where we can get as an actor and as she proved in stars born absolutely she can get pretty far yeah so i i think she'd be interesting kind of in either part um i like Kristen bell i think also would be very fun in this like oh she's, sure she's she's got the grit yeah. but looks this particular way yeah, yeah, yeah. um i also think and this is another example of like she could do it now she could have done it 15 years ago Ooh. is um is J-Lo. I'm just going to bring up J-Lo anytime anyone needs to sing for anything. Great. But, um, but like, she's, I think, much better at acting than, like, people have given her credit for or, or the agree. types of films that she's been I in. Mean, and can she sing and dance? Lifelong pass for me for uh, how good she is in Out of Sight. And these are also people who are, like, I think of, like, Gaga and Kristen Bell and J-Lo as people who are very mainstream that people know and really yeah. like and will go see a movie for who totally. also can actually sing and, like, yeah. really sing yeah. and dance. So, um, yeah, yeah. Those Love are it. my thoughts. Love it. I, I mean, it would have to be today because I, because now they're working, but they are... In terms of like an actor who you know has like the stage cred, mm-hmm. uh, but is also now people are getting more aware of Cynthia Revo because bad wow. uh, bad times at El Royale, have her Widows, on and my Harriet list for, for Velma. Velma. Oh, oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant! I mean, I think for either she'd be great. That's but, the th- um, like a lot of them really kind of depend yeah. on who you cast as the other person. There are some people that are very clearly like like my friend Nika, right. who I just mm-hmm. I saw played on yeah. Broadway. It's very clearly like a Velma. Like, mm. that's just like more her onstage persona. Um, and so there's some people who are going to skew absolutely more one way or the other. And then sure. there's people who it's like, it will depend on who the other person is. Yeah. Well, we do have a few people that were considered for, for both. both. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it. Now, director Rob Marshall is quoted as saying, for Roxy, I saw 10 or more women. I saw some beautiful women exploring who could do it. Then I met with Renee. So here's the list of the people that he was quoted as having seen for Roxy. So you know for a fact, Rob Marshall said he saw these women. Right off the bat, Tony Collette. Oh, I love her so much. As do I love, she love, love, love Tony. She 
magnificent. Um, because she had done the Wild Party on Broadway uh, in yeah, 2000. So like, you know, it's like one thing to be like, okay, well, we can auto-tune your voice. We can like cut around your dancing. It's never but when like, you're like, eight you shows have done a week exactly. Opposite Mandy Patinkin and yeah. Eartha Kitt. Yeah. You sang that Michael John LaCusa score. Yeah. For those who don't know, that's hard <laughs> that's to hard. sing. It's hard singing. Um, but yeah, oh, God, she would have been great. Now, because Tony... Did it, it, reportedly she was offered the role, so I don't know oh. if it was that she turned it down, but for whatever reason, because the movie was the sixth or sense? was that like ninety nine? That 2000? was ninety nine. So um, she already had an Oscar nomination. She certainly did, but uh, uh, it might have been scheduling conflicts because instead of doing Chicago in two thousand two, she was doing Changing Lanes about a boy and oh. The Hours. So she had a busy year, so she might have just not been able yeah. to yeah. fit the timing. Man, she's you, um, you still haven't seen The Hours, right? No, I haven't. She's got I, this I, iconic scene. I'm I'm very excited. Right. I keep listener at home. I keep circling around the hours being like, I want to watch this. There's so many amazing performers in it. But I keep uh, being like, I am not in the mood for the hours well, tonight. I mean, the hours is one of those movies. Like who's in like, Ooh, you know what? I'm kind of in the mood for the hours. I was when I went to go see it in theaters. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, next up, Mila Jovovich was oh, okay. considered. I understand that. Sure. Uh, but because she wasn't cast as Roxy, it freed her up to shoot instead 2002's Resident Evil, where she met her husband, Paul W.S. Anderson, oh. who has directed her in four of the six Resident Evil movies. Cool. I mean, that's... And and she's he directed her in the, that Three Musketeers that he did with Orlando Bloom a few years ago. That no wow, one saw. I forgot that that happened until this exact moment. Everyone did, because uh, nobody saw it. But the point is that, like, that's... They work together so much that, like, I mean, clearly, to have done a movie like Chicago would be have changed her career. But if you meet your partner, but that if, changes yeah, your life. it sure does. So I think, ultimately, that's good on Mila for yeah. for uh, doing Resident Evil instead of Chicago. Uh, Marissa Tomei was considered. Okay. Actually, I can absolutely see. She is someone who has that, like, bravado with intense vulnerability. I don't know oh, about yeah. her singing. I did... Just see her in the Rose Tattoo on Broadway, like, what is time? Like, seven, eight months ago? And she mm-hmm. was fantastic. Oh, she's great. I love Marcia I mean, Tomei, I've always thought she was great, no but I've never seen her on stage. And she was yeah. tremendous. So mm. I, I'm willing to believe that she could put in the work and get it done. Love it. Uh, Mira Sorvino. That is fascinating. Yeah. I'm a fan. Sure. I, uh, I'd be interested. But now, instead of doing Chicago, she instead was busy playing Fanny Chamberlain in Gods and Generals, the three-hour and 39 minutes <gasps> no, of a war epic that I did not go runner. on a date to see. <laughs> that is our only actor that I saw that was oh, okay. in Gods and Generals. I, I, uh, know, well, because Gods and Generals is mostly a bunch of mustachioed dudes. Um, <laughs> who thankfully are not in this film. No, 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 no. Uh, Christina Applegate. No. Was one of the, oh, pff, okay. I get well, it, but oh, I just... Uh, I'm sure she's fine. I I'll just... say this. I really, really liked her in Sweet Charity on Broadway, which is another time that you've got someone that you have Broadway no, I, cred. You've done like a thing. I know that she can do it. Yeah. I just I She's not care. your fave. She's, she's not, not your my fave. fave. Um, no offense if well, she's a... listening. I know she's a long-time listener. <laughs> long-time listener, first-time caller, Christina Applegate. Uh, what about our next person considered? Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh. Um, I'm interested. It's hard when it's so many people where it's like, what would they be like in a musical? Well, that's the thing is like a lot of these people are people I'm like, I can absolutely see them acting it very well. Yeah. Or sure, I get that they did that because like people know that they can sing. Mm-hmm. But the combination. Sure. Mm. Sure. Uh, and the last person that Rob Marshall was quoted as having seen was Charlize Theron. Does she sing? 
I don't know. I know she dances. She I'm started gonna, as a ballet dancer. She sure did. I'm going to assume she can sing because she had originally secured the role. She was cast as Roxy when it was originally supposed to be directed by Nicholas Heitner. Heitner. Oh, Heitner, yeah. Uh, no, not directed by Nicholas Cage. Surprisingly, directed by not Cage. No, Nicholas Heitner, who directed. He's a, he's a big London theater director. He sure is. I mean, in, on he stage, he's directed. Did he No, that? He, he directed uh, the film version of The Crucible. And the madness okay. of King George. But when he left, Charlize had to then audition again for Rob Marshall and lost the role to Renee, which... That's gotta suck. Ah, that's uh, gotta stink. Um, I think Charlize would have been great. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Charlize. She's a wonderful actor. And we know, I mean, she's, she's classically trained. She's classically trained. Uh, and the next year, she did Monster. So, like, she was fine. Yeah, she was okay. fine. Yeah, she got her rascal. She got her rascal the next year. Uh, so those are the women Rob Marshall mentioned. Here are some of the other women who allegedly auditioned or were considered Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, that's pretty much my feeling Sounds on like that it too. Was Rob Marshall's feeling on mm. that. So. Michelle Pfeiffer was attached to play Roxy at one point, and I don't know if that would have been because they huh. they had been trying to make they'd first tried to make a movie of this in the late seventies with Bob Fosse still involved. So I'm not quite sure of the history of the film of, in terms of if they tried at different times to get it made or if it was for a 2002 movie tr- getting Michelle Pfeiffer, um, which as we discussed, like you can have a woman. Of, yeah. Michelle a, Pfeiffer is also a stone cold <laughs> Fox. Well, Michelle duh, Pfeiffer duh, duh, was duh, in Morgan the Orient Express, like what, two years ago? Uh, I was like looking amazed. <laughs> so yeah, I- I'm interested again. Sure. Does she sing? I mean, that's like the case with so many of these people. This is the uh, question. Including our next uh, woman up for Roxy, Patricia Arquette auditioned. Interesting. Now, Patricia Arquette, I'm a big fan. Love Patricia. She's wonderful at acting. Uh, I wanted to mention Patricia specifically because she, <laughs> this is 2002, the movie came out. In May 2002 is when she began shooting Boyhood. <laughs> I thought it would have been longer ago than that. But again, 12, 12 years, 12 years they shot it. And also Patricia, this would have been a good shot in the arm for her career because she had just come off of Little Nicky with Adam Sandler. And Ooh. in the next year, 2003, she would be in Tiptoes <gasps> with the infamous film with Gary Oldman and playing a man with dwarfism. Uh, next up, Hilary Swank was considered. Um, the June 2002, I mean, she was doing an incredible insomnia. Does she yeah. sing? Is my I mean, eternal that's, question. That's I think we kind of have to like take that out of the equation because it's we? so it impossible. <laughs> As someone, okay, well, I'll say this because Renee Zellweger, Renee Zellweger had said that the only time she has sung before was in the shower growing up when her brother would tell her to shut up. Mm. So I think we love that support system. <laughs> Um, no, I, I get it, but like, I don't disagree, but in terms of it's, it's hard to just be like, as I mean, so many of these women are just like, I, I love them in many different things. I don't know. Ah. I don't know. Uh, Kate Winslet was oh. considered for Roxy. I don't care if she can't sing. I love her. <laughs> I mean, she's so good. I feel like she would just like, I, I, so here's the thing, Rob, I can't sing, but I'm just going to learn to. I would buy it. I mean, also here's the deal. With a role like Roxy, similar to that of Sally Bowles, which because mm. Liza played it on film has like completely skewed with the perception of what that role should be. Roxy doesn't have to be good at singing. Yeah. Um, but as the performer who's doing it, because also the way that this film is created, it's all in her head. So right. in her head, she's good. So you need a certain amount of the performer being able to execute it. But also, I don't think she has to be virtuosic. Velma should be. Mm, yeah. You know, especially yeah. in the context that they've done in this film. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's okay if she's like, fine. But someone like Kate Winslet is also someone who I think like she might not be like a great singer, but would come to it with the confidence of someone who was still going to carry it across. And maybe that's what I'm not sure about some of these other actors. I hear you. Uh, Alicia Silverstone. 
Eh, I know. They're going to hang me for shooting Fred Casely as if. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how she would have played it. Exactly how she would play it. Instead of being cast in Chicago, uh, Alicia Silverstone in 2002 did a movie. Oh boy. This movie called Rock My World. Here's the plot. A rock band bursts onto the scene and then their frontman disappears on the eve of a European tour. And who would you expect to star in that? Starring Peter O'Toole and Joan Plowright as Lord and Lady Foxley. What? And then third build, Alicia Silverstone. I have who, no clue. Who was the rock no, singer? I, a, good, an excellent question. Now, I'm assuming the, the fourth build, fifth build. Joan Plowright, a delight. Peter O'Toole, great at acting. He's fantastic. But I, I don't expect a movie called Rock My World to star a Lord and Lady Foxley, whether or not they're no, played by the Peter most O'Toole and Joan Plowright. The recent thing I saw Joan Plowright in was Tea with the Dames. <laughs> so let's just say that I didn't expect Rock My World to be in her recent credits. Tea with the Dames 2, Rock My World. I would so watch those dames go on tour. But I mean, they oh. went on a tour of Joan Plowright's house, really. Like Fair they enough. shot in a bunch of different locations. <laughs> if you haven't seen Team with the Dames, do yourself a fave. Watch it immediately. Drew Barrymore was considered and... I get it. She, no, no, no. But you don't. Because uh, she is in this not good Woody Allen musical in the 90s called Everyone Says I Love You. Oh, I saw, you saw it. it. Yes, because we that was one of the VHS tapes that oh, we boy. had freshman year of college oh, that boy. one of my roommates would play. <laughs> so I saw that several times because one of my freshman roommates was obsessed with Edward Norton. Oh. So we watched it. Well, I bring it up because she's the only one in that movie who is dubbed. And he oh, Woody no. Allen specifically wanted he told Goldie Hawn to not sing as well because she sang too well because he wanted like very realistic like if people on, just on the sound. street was gonna break in a song Man, and Drew Barrymore was not good enough for I that I wish Goldie Hawn could have played Roxy at some point what oh a, sure what a delight um well but hearkening back to the golden age of movie musicals many people were dubbed mostly by Marnie Nixon of Marnie Nixon was still alive in she, 2002 she could have dubbed Drew Barrymore she could have dubbed um, anybody but I, I I'll quickly pivot. I was going to say this for later, but because uh, originally this film was originally conceived in the 70s, as I said, when Bob Fosse was going to be involved and Goldie Hawn was announced to play Roxy Hart. What am you... I? Some kind of genius. <laughs> you are some kind of genius. Uh, and would have been, I think, a great Roxy in like the 70s version, which She's I'll get to. so charming. We'll get, when we get to Velma and Billy Flynn, I'll tell you who were announced to be Ooh, her Velma and Billy. But, uh, I love it. She was supposed to be Roxy, but then it, of course Bob Fosse passed away and it fell Look, Apart. I've seen all that jazz. See what? Nicole Kidman turned it down, which, I mean, she'd just, just done Moulin, Moulin Rouge. Rouge. And I think she, like, broke her leg doing Moulin Rouge because they had to film all around that. So I wouldn't be surprised oh, if she wow. was like, I can't be training like, to do more me? dancing. My leg is still healing. You want me to do Hot Honey Rag and a what? wide shot? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, Hot Honey Rag is just a series of close-ups of my hand, my foot, <laughs> like the not my other foot, because that's the broken one. Hot honey rag. And of course, because Nicole Kidman was in New Chicago, she was doing 2002's The Hours and winning her Oscar. Yeah, yeah, that was good for all of us. That I was think. a good, yes, Because I honestly, like, she doesn't sing any better than Renee, mm. you know? Like, they, they have similar... Comparable... Yeah, l- levels of, like, instruments just delivery, where, you know yeah. what I mean? So... So I think like let Renee do the thing. You go, you go, put on a false nose and win an Oscar. <laughs> I'm just imagining the Oscar they gave her had its own little false nose. <laughs> Charlize Theron's Oscar is like pudgy. <laughs> Has they take the eyebrows off that Oscar? <laughs> yeah, I think everyone who like does some extreme physical transformation for an Oscar should have that reflected in the statuette, so they like know how much of it's the acting and how much right. is actually just collaborating with the. Uh, 
you know, the different departments. Yeah, just the amount of gold that either goes into or that they can save money on, depending on uh, if the Oscar goes to Christian Bale based on how much weight he's gaining or losing for the role. Uh, don't know if this would have been for 2002 or f- when trying for earlier, but Jamie Lee Curtis was considered for Roxy. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. As do I. I'd have to imagine that'd be in when, like... When you said Jennifer Jason Lee, I was like, yeah. well, what about Jamie Lee Curtis? <laughs> and it took me a minute to think, well, no, well, no, let me think about the person you're actually talking about. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis is also just like has the sense of humor that yeah. is exactly the style of the show. Yeah, I'm trying to think like 80s perfect era oh my Jamie gosh, Lee Curtis. B2 does it. You have not seen perfect. It's terrible, but wonderful. Her and John Travolta doing Oh my gosh. Like Can you imagine? Classes. So her as Roxy and him as Billy Flynn in an 80s version, like as a follow-up to perfect? I absolutely can't yeah, imagine that. I can that. see it. I can see it. Uh, Cameron Diaz was considered. Of course she this was. This is the same year she did Gangs of New York instead. Didn't she very famously do a terrible karaoke in, in my Jones- no. no, My Best Friend's Wedding? Uh, yes, which I don't know how much of that is her purposefully singing bad or the only other time I know I don't remember if she sings in The Mask. No, or if you she's know who dubbed? sings in The Mask is that Marty, lady Marty. cop who's like my he's such a guy and she's doing this great acting of like I can't believe this is coming out of my throat. I'm into it. While she's like Sure, but isn't Cameron Diaz's character also like a lounge singer? I don't recall. But you do recall this lady cop. Yes, because I was like, that's good acting. <laughs> you know what? That is good acting. There's like a musical fantasy sequence in this movie, A Life Less Ordinary, with her and Hugh McGregor, where they're both singing uh, Beyond the Sea. And I am pretty sure she it's her singing because it's like speak singing. So mm. I think it would be a lot of uh, working around that. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was considered, which... Same boring situation. Boring to me. Um, so I'm going to assume this was not in 2002. I assume this was earlier. Bette Midler had the choice of playing Roxy, Velma, or Mama Morton, but she wasn't interested in any of them. And if this was the version that they were trying to do in the 70s, uh, in 1979, that was the year of The Rose, which mm-hmm. got her uh, her first Oscar nom for Best Actress. And of course, the iconic song, The Rose. And finally, Catherine Zeta-Jones was originally approached by producer Martin Richards about appearing in the film after being wowed by her renditions of carols at a family Christmas party at her and Michael Douglas's house. (laughs) (laughs) And Richards approached her for the role of Roxy, but Zeta-Jones, not familiar with the original show, did know that Velma is the one that sings all that jazz, and she only wants, she's like, no, I want to play the one that sings all that jazz. (laughs) She is a smart cookie. Okay, I have so many, so many thoughts about this. Number one. A, always B, B, C, caroling. Like that's <laughs> always how be caroling. you book the jobs. That's amazing. That just that's... made me think of a Glenn Gary Glenn but Ross for Christmas carolers where whoever is not singing the best gets fired. <laughs> you know, that's a sketch. 10 yep. out of 10 would watch. Um, uh, Wow. Wow. I mean, she's, that's so funny. She's also just much more of a Velma. I think she could do yeah. Roxy, but sure. like a lot of these people, I buy end of the show Roxy, mm. but not beginning of the show Roxy. And she's someone who like, because she, even though like she has a softness to her, like she's so strong. That's, that's what some of these people on this list, I'm like, eh, they would, they, they would play the end of it, but would have to be acting the beginning of it more as opposed to someone like Renee who has to like, who lives in that vulnerable place so mm. much of the time, who then has to overcome that and, yeah. and get to the end, yeah. which I think is an, I don't know, technically easier thing to do and to buy. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but now let's dovetail right into Velma Kelly. So your thoughts on Catherine Zeta-Jones and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? 
I think she's wonderful. She yeah. I think does a great job. She the, one of the things that Velma also has to convey is that status of someone who is a known person even before she was put in jail for this crime, mm-hmm. which I think Catherine Zeta-Jones as like a glamorous movie star also brings to it. Like we're totally. already like, yeah, that's Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah. So I think she's wonderful. Also, she's someone who's clearly extremely comfortable swimming in these waters. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So before I hear your other pick, I yes. do want to say, I mean, th- because she was a hyperactive child, her mother sent her to the Hazel Johnson School of Dance when she was Hazel four years Johnson. old. Uh, her family came from a modest background, but they won... In Wales, no less. Yes, but they won 100,000, I think, maybe, I don't know, pounds, whatever, pounds uh, uh, in a bingo competition, allowing them to pay for Zeta Jones's dance and ballet lessons. Wow. At nine, she was selected to play one of the orphan girls in a West End production of the musical Annie. In her early teens, she became a national tap dancing champion. When she was 14, she played the lead role of Tallulah in a West End production of the musical version of Bugsy Malone. <laughs> uh, and she, this was great. She was talking about her teenage years in London, and she said... <laughs> I would queue up for auditions and then change my costume or put on a different leotard and audition again. It might take me two tries, but I always got the job. I figured out what they wanted. Oh, <laughs> um, oh my gosh. And then in 1987, when she was 17 years old, she was picked as the second understudy for the lead in the 42nd Street in West uh, and Un- Sawyer. Yes. And during one of the performances, both the star and the first understudy were unavailable. So she went on and the producer was impressed enough by her that they allowed her to play the role for the next two years. Wow. It's a real Sutton Foster kind of situation, really, you know, but it's that's like such an example of like someone who's been putting in the work for a long time. And then what's that phrase? Like talent meets opportunity. Like if you've been really putting it in and then, you know, you get lucky enough to where like you get to go on and then people are like, oh, hey, wait a second. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, and she, Rob Marshall wanted her to wear her hair as it was like super long. And according to producer Martin Richards, she said, quote, if you think I'm going to have long hair over my face, so anyone is going to think that I'm being doubled and not yes! doing every darn step. You're crazy. I have heard that. Well, also it's so like iconic, the Louise Brooks Bob. And type it, thing. Oh, it's such a great look. It's such a great look for the character and for her. Yeah. Um, my choices of other people I thought might be good. I mean, Cynthia Revo is the first name I have on this list. Um, we were yeah. t- talking a bit off mic and uh, about Cynthia Revo, and I was I was realizing like, oh, early. So I I first came to know Cynthia Revo from seeing her in Color Purple in the revival on Broadway, and so like early show Celia in color purple is very like vulnerable and and small but like what i what you were left with by the end of the show is this like tour de force dynamo of a performance so i think cynthia rebo and i think ah velma but now i'm going to think like oh actually she could be a great roxy as well because she plays both ends of that very well but like man that voice is so huge i just think yeah yeah, let her do velma so another person i had is a broadway favorite tony award winner patina miller oh sure from uh from pippin yes she won for pippin um i first saw her in the park production of hair oh she then didn't do it on broadway because she went to london to do sister act but like i will never forget like her huge like fro blowing in the wind like singing uh the flesh failures like Mm -hmm. just what a first impression she's such a powerhouse and she's in i want to say like uh one of the hunger games movies because i've never seen those yes um, yes looking up she's in i believe two of the hunger games movies and uh a whole bunch of episodes of madam secretary 
a show I've never seen. Nor have I, but you know what? Make that TV money. I'm sure she's great. Um, <laughs> but she'd be a great Velma. I mean, she, I mean, she talk she about can, like a dancer. Ooh, she Whew. can sing. She can yeah. dance. Like what a, what a presence. She'd be great. Who else do I have? Now, this is someone who's come more to prominence in recent years through television, but that's MJ Rodriguez, who mm, sure. some people might know from Pose. Pose yeah. I've known MJ for years through the New York theater scene, but like... She's like such an interesting presence and she can sing. And I don't know. I think like it'd be really interesting oh, yeah. to have her in, in this kind of part. Yeah. I can see her, her as Velma or as Roxy. hundred percent. I think she'd be a very interesting Roxy. Um, but yeah, she's someone who, because she has such like authority. Yeah. Could very easily go into, into either part. I think like I, I would totally believe her in either part. I'd be, I'd be interested. Uh, so there were three of the women considered for Roxy were also considered for Velma. They were Tony Collette, Cameron Diaz, and Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, Tony Collette's <laughs> the only one I'm interested in. <laughs> I agree, but I think I like her better for Roxy. Um, I agree. Than for uh, she, Velma. She'd be a fantastic Velma, but I think she would bring such depth to Roxy totally. that I'd be so interested in seeing. Totally. Now, in the version with Goldie Hawn's Roxy that they were working on, that was they're going to make in the late 70s, it was set to be Liza Minnelli as <gasps> Velma Kelly. Oh, I'm not mad about it, Mama. <laughs> oh, that jazz. That's terrific. The jazz. There's so the much jazz. jazz. <laughs> All of it. All that jazz. Which I, I loved. I looked up and she had replaced Gwen Verdon as Roxy for a month right. in, in the original Broadway yes. run. Like early on. It was like one month Gwen left and Liza came in. Um... <laughs> Angelina Jolie auditioned. That I can totally see. Sure. I mean, of course, temperamentally alone of that. It's a great fit insofar as like what she's going to put over and the kind of authority she exerts. Um, but I just don't think she's going to beat Catherine, Catherine Jones for, for singing and dancing. As far as I know, yeah. Uh, Madonna was set to play Velma, but moved on to do other projects when the film stalled. Uh, and that was like around the late 90s when she... I can- absolutely see that yeah yeah and even though it was the late 90s when she left because it was clearly get, taking so long because whatever didn't come together um in 2002 it was a real not good year for madonna it was swept away the movie that her then husband guy Ritchie directed which like right. won like a record amount of razzies and like lost a record amount of money uh and her cameo in the last pierce brosnan and james bond movie die another day did she have an album come out around then though around 2002 yeah I don't know. I pe- See, so you don't necessarily know like what it was like for her in in a non film situation. She may be as far very as unbothered. and well, as far as being an actor, as far as her acting roles, it was not a good year. And for in terms of like, I would assume that she enjoyed acting if she had these two films come out in the same year, and subsequently did not have many films after that. After this one two punch of true enough famously reviled films, both of them really. Uh, and I'm wait now. I'm envisioning a version of Chicago done with all actors from a league of their own, <laughs> and I'm not mad about it. Sure. Obviously, you have Madonna as Velma. Madonna's Velma. Maybe Gina maybe Gina Davis, Davis as, Roxy, as Roxy, and then you have Mama Morton being played by Rosie O'Donnell. Love it. Love and it. And then Tom, Tom Cruise Hanks? is Billy. Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Oh my gosh, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Is Billy oh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Thank, t- tanks, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Uh, 
Um, moving, oh, that sound means it is time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy. Ring, ding, ding, ding. For this episode's case, Two Truths and Someone Else. We are letting gender mean nothing here, and that's how it should be. It means nothing here, it means nothing anywhere. Amen. Gender is dead. <laughs> Two of the following actors were up for the role of Velma, and one was not. Amy Jo has to guess which is which. Oh boy, this is going to be rich. Your options are Rachel Weiss. Jennifer Lopez, and Julia Roberts. Here's the thing. I think Rachel Weisz would be fantastic Mm -hmm. as Velma. I'm 100% here for it. Sure. We all saw her wear lace on her face in the favorite. (laughs) That strong Velma Kelly energy. I don't know why, but it's true. Let's see. J-Lo, I think would also be fabulous Velma. Julia Roberts, though, I feel like is more the type of person based on these lists that these jokes in Hollywood would be like, hey, she's been around. People like her. Put mm-hmm. her in mm-hmm. this. So what do you think? I'm going to say the person they were not considering is J-Lo. That is incorrect. <gasps> oh, good. Then I'm going to say Rachel Weisz. They did not consider Rachel Weisz. As far as I could tell they from should've. my research, they should have. Be- that's why I picked that's her. Because I was like, that'd be a, she'd be a good pick. That, that Assuming she makes could me happy that they put J-Lo on the list anywhere. Because like, it's, yeah. it's foolish of them not to have considered her. It really is. I think she's my favorite of these other potential Velmas. I mean, of course, because you know she can sing it. She can dance it. Yeah. Um, and yet Julia Roberts also singing terribly in that Woody oh, Allen, Everyone Says yes, I Love You. Um, <laughs> but Jennifer Lopez in 2002 instead did Made in Manhattan and Enough and 2003 was, of course, Sheely. So if she had been able to get Velma, I think that this could have helped negate the, the damage of Sheely because that really was like... Made in Manhattan. Let me tell you, I managed to avoid seeing it until I had to do jury duty <laughs> in early 2017 and it took away our phones because it was a federal courthouse. So I had no... Fo- I, I had a book. I read the entire book that day and I went into the break room and they had Made in Manhattan on and I watched a lot of it and then I fell asleep in my chair. Sure. But based on you saying that you'd avoided seeing it until jury duty, it makes it sound like it was a case <laughs> about Made in Manhattan. Like Ray Fiennes was suing because they didn't pay him his back end point oh, money or wish. whatever. Then I wouldn't have been on the jury because they... they was, this is the state of New York oh versus Made in Manhattan. I wish. No, it was an insider trading case. So they were like, you, you're an actor. You seem dumb and like you don't know what's happening. Get on here and do your civic duty. <laughs> and folks, I did. Cheryl did. Uh, let's move on to Amos Hart. Ooh. Amy, your thoughts on John C. Riley and who'd you cast if you had to cast someone else? I think John C. Riley is wonderful. I saw John C. John C. Riley on stage in a oh. musical oh. when I was in college. What? It was a musical version of Marty. Whoa. The Patty Chayefsky play, yeah, which yeah. is a great part for him. Yeah, oh, such thing. a good part for him. That He's... Ernest Borgnine. Oh, oh. oh. He he was Bitcher. excellent. Here's the thing is that yeah. part of the reason it didn't go any further, I think, mm. was because... No one wants to see a musical of Marty? It, it was pretty charming. It just wasn't great. I mean, granted, I also... This is like... This was around the same time. Uh, I was in college, so it was... Yeah. It would have been probably like 2002. Oh, wow. 2003 or something like so that. So he probably already shot chicago chicago so it's around the same time so that that might have been why they even thought of him for it but Mm. um it basically like they didn't have like the big scene with marty he did uh he had a big monologue and and normally that would be a song Mm -hmm. but i think that that was however i you know obviously was not involved in the development so i don't know what all happened but it was clear that this was a person who like could sing 
but wasn't using song in order to convey like the fullness of the yeah. what someone who's a trained singer can do to put across a song for storytelling purposes. So for Amos Hart, it's actually a great match, I think, because it's someone who has one number. It's kind of a charm number. It's not a big like plot number. Yeah. You don't need to move the plot forward. It's purely character development. Very, yeah. So like, I think he's a great fit for it because he does it just fine. And he's like, so charming. I mean, and he's like, got that great spot. sad clown energy, which is so perfect exactly. to well, do the number as this full hobo clown, clown makeup. Yeah. Well, that was so. Uh, John C. Riley is a clown enthusiast and insisted on designing his own clown makeup for his number, Mr. Cellophane, and it was his idea to incorporate the application of the makeup during the number, which is how it begins with him like getting ready. And I think it works so well. Looks well, great. It also is like a character who is like becoming aware of how much of a joke they're making of themselves in oh. order to like get through their yeah. life. And to like connect with this person their their wife you know yeah. um so yeah i mean i think i think he's lovely my my first person to have on this list is of course chris sullivan who i saw play oh, of course of course you know? right. and then i have and this is a very different choice and i know he can sing uh even though i haven't heard him sing because i know he sings he plays with a band well maybe he just plays music and doesn't sing but um William Jackson Harper, who like is is I think a lot more traditionally attractive than someone like a John yes. C. Riley. Cheedy from the Good Place, if yes. you are not familiar. But like you know, you can handle that with costumes, you know. But of he course. he has this like kind of sweet earnestness and what did I do wrong kind of energy that he does very yeah. well that I think would would make for a really compelling Amos Hart. So those are I don't have a ton of other thoughts because I no. thought also John C. Riley does okay. a very lovely job. Okay. Also, John C. Riley. Born in Chicago. He's our only member of the cast, of the main cast at least, that I could see that is a Chicago okay. native, which whatever that does for you. Well, you no got one that is going. doing the accent, but that's also no. not traditionally done in any stage show. No. Uh, it really should probably be called Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Uh, right. But uh, interesting. Um, there were two other actors considered for Amos. Rob Marshall wanted Keanu Reeves. I do not. <laughs> understand <laughs> why if it except for it being like a trifecta of them wanting to put Keanu Reeves in roles he's so ill-equipped for the other two being him having to be do a British accent in Bram Stoker's Dracula and him doing Shakespeare and much to do about nothing this would be the trifecta of then ha well, okay he, he if can't I do, had my he liberty can't, he can't do, I would do my liking <laughs> he can't do Boraccio I am a villain uh he no, can't no, no, do no, Shakespeare no. he can't I am a plain speaking villain <laughs> I can do the whole Keanu Reeves and Much Ado situation for you. Mm, no, I say no to that. No, it's so weird to imagine Keanu no. as Mr. Cellophane. Uh, and Charlie Sheen read for Amos. No. Who was finishing up his run on Spin City, which he's, he was Why were you good on. But I, I really don't know. That's what a Billy to... Flynn guy. Like, he yeah. should have been up for Billy yeah. Flynn. If he could sing it, yeah. Uh, that's such a strange, strange, that those are the other no, two people. You, need, I, it's, you know what? It's like when they did that streetcar revival and John C. Riley was playing Stanley. Stanley. And I remember such a when perfect it was announced. Mitch. When it was announced, I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to be so great. John C. Riley is a perfect Mitch. And someone was right. like, <laughs> No, and I'm all for actors stretching themselves, but basically you need a, a list of people who have played Mitch in A Streetcar Named Desire and not people who might play Stanley in an ill-advised production a la Charlie Sheen. Yikes. Well, they made the right choice. Yeah, they really did. Wow. If those are your main three, and you're like, oh God, how do we do this? We got, okay, we got Keanu Reeves, Charlie Sheen, and John C. Riley. So no! which one Which one of these do we put in John Wick? And uh, which one of these do we have singing as a sad clown? Oh, hey, oh boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Mama Morton. Let's. Amy, thoughts on Queen Latifah? She's fantastic. She's great. She's so good. She does 
like everything you need her to do and yeah. more. Yeah. Like she's she is, I think, after seeing her do it, the textbook of what like a Mama Morton should be. I know? agree. I agree. And I love I'm so sad we only get like one shot of it, but her at the end when she's in the audience watching the oh, yeah. uh, hot honey rag with uh, Roxy and Mama and a full like suit. tuxedo, like a full blown. Like she's clearly playing super a gay woman. Andrew tuxedo. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. I think she's wonderful. I so think good. that is probably the best choice they could have made yeah. as far as casting. Well, let's see what you think of the other people. But first, Do you give want me, me to say yes, yes, yes. First, give me who you would. My my other thoughts are Laverne Cox, mm. Peppermint from RuPaul's Drag Race, oh. but also like recently uh, on yes, Broadway, on, on Head Over Heels on Broadway, and Head Over yes. Heels, and uh, Sarah uh, Sarah Ramirez, oh um, yeah, who is on Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy, but, but was uh, won a Tony for Lady the Lake and Lady the Lake and Spamalot, Spamalot. on Broadway, yeah. all like really phenomenal, powerful, yeah. strong women who I think would be like ferocious in this part, and also all very funny, yeah, definitely. Rob Marshall's first choice was Kathy Bates. I can see it. I think Queen Latifah is much better. Oh, I agree. But Rob Marshall, because this was his first like big screen feature they right. directed, because the main thing he had done was the 90s TV movie version of Annie with Victor Gaba as uh, Daddy Warbucks and Kathy Bates as Hannigan. Totally. Which makes sense of why he's like, oh, uh, I just worked with Kathy. Like, I want yeah. to bring her back. She's she's excellent. And I totally see it. She's she's of the I think she'd be, I get it, but I just don't. Queen is just better. And also, yeah. Kathy Bates that same year uh, was doing About Schmidt and getting... Oh, she was doing she was her doing, doing fine. Scene, she was doing that Which, I have to say, mm-hmm. is like great representation. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Sure. So, like, we all won. Great. I know. But you know who else was in that Rob Marshall Annie as Grace was Audrey McDonald. Oh, yes. So why was he not like, oh, well, I worked with, you know, use your clout as director to try to get Audra into this movie because she'd have been a great Roxy or a Velma. It's true. Especially in 2002. Audrey McDonald is so good at everything. everything. <laughs> yeah. In Shuffle Along, I saw her visibly pregnant, uh, dancing, kicking her face. And I was like, how dare you you're not even known for being a dancer and yet you can kick your face better than i can and you are about to leave to give birth <sighs> angelica houston was considered oh i can see that yeah i was I'm, like i'm she... more interested in her as velma at an early oh point. At an, at, yeah young younger yeah. angelica houston that's, yeah that's late. more what I'm i mean yeah in. like early she would have been in the right age for like the late 70s like early 80s even even like uh, uh you know Adam's family era Angelica Houston like she's sure, been on the sure. if it's like her and I don't know well I mean Michelle Pfeiffer is a bit younger but like I can, you know oh Michelle Pfeiffer and Angelica Houston I'm not as Roxy and Velma mad about that love it I was like does Angelica Houston sing and then I was like wait she was on Smash so I looked it up and I was like she sang like two songs uh in Smash we allow it. and she was pretty and she's I think she does a fine enough job that right. like oh you could be they could put you in a movie musical as Mama Morin where you got you know one song Cher was considered. <gasps> that's perfect that's great yes of course fernando baby of course fernando (laughs) burlesque Um, oh i do want to say another thing about um catherine zeta jones coming in like i just killed my sister yet i'm somehow in my corset and then she walks on stage i also wrote down like and how is she being amplified this is the same problem i was having during burlesque where you're watching people like they're singing in a club it's a crowded club and there's a full band where are the Microphone. How are they being amplified? She's singing at a movie volume and performing in a theater with no amplification. 
<sighs> anyway, Cher would be a great choice is basically the whole point of that. I agree. Uh, Pam Greer was considered, who I also think would be good, um, who was a black exploitation actor in the 70s with mm-hmm. Foxy Brown and Coffee and mm-hmm. had like a huge career resurgence with Jackie Brown. Um, totally. Yeah, yeah, I can absolutely see that. Um, and Amy Jo, you hit the nail on the head. Rosie O'Donnell was considered for Mama I'm Morton. I'm unsurprised. <laughs> I mean, it's In it your makes a league sense. of their own cast, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which I think she'd have been great. Rosie yeah. O'Donnell would be fantastic. Uh, I th- has she, did she ever do it on Broadway? Chicago? No. At the it's time... It's one of those things I'm, like, surprised she's never stepped in to do. It's true, because at the time, she actually was on Broadway, uh, having taken over as the, oh, no. the cat in the hat in Susical oh, the I Musical. I thought you were going to say Golda in Fiddler. Fiddler? No, that was a little while later. One of my favorite... Yo, it was a little while later, because when I moved to New York, I remember getting a milk carton. A milk carton! And on the side, instead of, like, a missing child... It is Harvey Firestein and Rosie O'Donnell as mm-hmm. Tevye and Golda in Fiddler. And I was like, what is my were, life? Were they missing? <laughs> well, no one was seeing them. That's Yay. not true. People went and saw it. But man, it's a thing that happened. Sure was. Beyonce campaigned heavily for Mama Morton. For Mama Morton. I'd be so much more interested in her as either Valmar or I sure would. I don't know if it's because uh casting directors and or and so, I'm not even casting directors. I'm going to I'm going to put this take take that back. Uh more for the fact that this was Miramax. So I'm going to yeah. go ahead and say Harvey Weinstein was being like uh no about having an Can actor of color as Roxy or Velma. Gaga as Roxy and Beyoncé <laughs> as Velma. <laughs> Can I love you imagine? It. I love it. It'd be so it. good. Um, and because instead, also because 2002 was the first movie Beyonce ever did, which was the third Austin right. Powers movie. But you know, yeah. it, it's also it is hard when you're like you have no film totally uh, credits, which in, and sometimes it's like great, and that's going to be like the launch. And others, it's like well, cut your teeth on like you know, Austin Powers, and then in a few years you'll do Dreamgirls and yeah. do yeah. a really good job. Yeah. And finally, Whoopi Goldberg was considered for Mama Morton. Absolute sense. I would love the Whoopster as Mama Morton. The Whoopster. That makes total sense. I love it. Yeah. Let's move on to Mary Sunshine. Amy, what are your thoughts on Christine Baranski? Do you like her as as an actor? As an actor? Christine Bahu? Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Here's the deal. I am obsessed with Christine Baranski. We've heard it before. We'll hear it again. Um, Mary Sunshine is one of those roles that because it is traditionally played on stage by a male identifying actor in drag and there's like a whole reveal later on like it's, right. it's, it's in, a in whole, act two in act two there's they a say like thing things aren't billy always flynn, what they seem yeah, billy and... flynn is like it's a it's another example of the razzle dazzle and mm. of like of press being all a, a spin show yeah where Mary Sunshine is singing this like soprano note and then strips down. And while she's singing like this, like strips down. And then you realize like, this is a dude who's like singing in a baritone voice. And um, so it's doing a particular thing on stage that it can't do on screen or, or will have a harder time doing on screen. So I get the choice to make it a female identifying actor um, but it's so strange because that's not how it's yeah. ever been played. She said that she felt bad about 
yeah. taking away the role from a, a as she, like as she said like a drag queen if however you want to identify although the... it's not usually played by a drag queen exactly it's usually exactly, played exactly. by a male soprano yes you know? but so she said that like the least that i could do is like i played it like a lesbian so i just imagine myself as like one of those fabulous 20s lesbians that are just like strong well, energy to that point like the person i was like if we we're making this today that mm-hmm. i immediately thought of if we were still gonna have an, a female identified person playing this would be kate mckinnon oh sure. she'd be so fun yeah. i can just see her like oh, looking like now tell me about this billy you know oh sounds great um i also have Catherine o'hara on this list for doing Love that it. that seems Love right it. but the, the person that is the first person i wrote down who's like yeah i want to see them do this even if on stage they probably wouldn't do it because because also mary sunshine on stage has this huge like soprano thing that she does that is mm-hmm. not present in the film because that's not what christine baranski's voice does right um, but I have Billy Porter on this Love list it. because yeah. Billy Porter as Billy in full, like Andro, like we, we don't care about gender. I'm a man in a dress and a suit at the same time. Yes. Like Billy Glamour. I'm like, <laughs> that's what I want. Every runway. Two people were considered, uh, Kim Basinger, which is huh. very random. Instead, she was doing eight mile in 2002, which is, uh, as Eminem's. I was like, about to say, is that the Eminem thing? Drunk awful mom character it. and I skipped it it's a that was a it's a better fit for her i think uh and Kristen chenoweth was considered also in the rob marshall annie because she played lily i see 100 oh, also why they would have considered her because they could the have soprano. done all the soprano stuff absolutely um but i think christine baranski if we're gonna go with a female identifying actor christine baranski is a love it is a better choice love christine and, 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 i think they're both very talented <laughs> they're both very talented but christine baranski like I, I appreciate more in the part. Yeah. Uh, I want to touch briefly on uh, Kitty Baxter, uh, played by Lucy Liu. Now, this, now this character in is... the stage show, this is called Go to Hell Kitty. Go to Hell Kitty. Her name in the playbill would be yeah, Go to go Hell to, Kitty. In the playbill. Kitty. Is uh, very true. But in this film, it's Kitty Baxter. Kitty Baxter. Uh, Lucy Liu, who's, who's, I mean, she's in the movie for like a minute. But she's great. She sure is. And there were two other actors considered, I just want to mention, because it was Mandy Moore who auditioned, but was turned down for being too young. And Harvey Weinstein was adamant at the time that Britney Spears should be given a role in the movie. Crossroads. According, I also skipped it. The same year, 2002. But according to the New York Times, Weinstein sent three Miramax execs to pitch the idea to Spears backstage at a concert in Canada. But director Rob Marshall and other producers were dead set against having someone they regarded as a fluffy, pubescent pop star in a role that required a brutal edge. Um, well, they weren't ready for 2008, Britney. Is what <laughs> you're not is wrong. Clear. If only they could have seen ahead, <laughs> they'd have been like, "Oh, actually." If it had been we like ten wrong. years later, they'd been like, "Oh, get us the bread." Yeah, and instead, she, of course, as we said, she did Crossroads season two, which is. Uh, I totally understand. I, I totally right. understand why they would have wanted someone like that. For like, I I get it. The impact of having someone who the public has this like one perception of right coming in and doing this, but I think it's so much better to have someone who is an actor uh, who's good at acting do it. Yeah. Uh, and our final character to talk about is Billy Flynn, giving him the old razzle dazzle. Uh, <laughs> so, what you think of Richard Gere, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I thought a couple things. One, he was extremely auto-tuned. Uh, two, I turned to you while we were yeah. watching this. And I was like, I can't believe they got him to agree to do this. Like, it is an atypical role for him. I'm, I'm not someone who is like. I know all of Richard Gere's filmography, but True. this is not what I associate 
with the kind of thing I would think he would want to be in. Well, as I told you, the other morally ambivalent lawyer that I know him from is from Primal Fear, which is a very different film from Chicago. Deeply. Or is it? I don't know. <laughs> it's all showbiz. Primal kid. Fear, the musical. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think he's, he, I mean, he's a great choice for it, for playing like a, the a sleazy lawyer. Yeah. It's that fact that it's a musical that's strange, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, I think he does fine. And also so does his tap double. You know what I mean? His tap double is great. I, know, I mean, I've heard that it's all him, but it's shot it, from behind. They it's never, so quickly they, they like cut roll and they, they edited. Like scroll up. What's the pan up to yeah. him? And it's like, oh, and they cut it, it off right before the face. face. I know. I this know. This is a real Black Swan kind of situation. <laughs> and like, at least in Black Swan, even though they like kind of glossed over it, you know that like Natalie Portman's no. not doing all that dancing. Right, right, like, right. He's not doing all that tapping. Yeah. Please. No, that's that's the bill of goods they were trying to sell us. Razzle uh, dazzle my foot. I know, know, but uh, I will say he actually does surprisingly have a musical background. He was an understudy in the original production of Grease on Broadway, and apparently he went on so many times in so many For different tracks. What? So, so literally, like I've got eight, some people I have to have people. some conversations but, with after but this. But when he went over so well that when they took Grease to London, he took over as Danny Zuko when he was like 23, 24. What? I know. Now, here's the thing. I will say, anything you don't do for any length of time, you... Uh, yeah, you don't keep that muscle No, and I'm someone shape. who, like, I'm starting to get older and I'm like, oh, I can still do this. And it's like, no, you can't. You haven't done that in 10 years. That's 10 years, not like... A year, like right. it feels like. So I, I would believe that he's someone that did have this background that did not keep it up by singing Christmas carols at his, <laughs> uh, you know, house party. At Michael Douglas's house party, he wasn't bringing out the tap board and being like, dilly, 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 dilly. um, that's shocking. No, I really, I, uh, I know some people involved in the original production of Greece, and I will be making Ooh. some phone calls right after this to be like, tell me all. <laughs> um, regardless, interesting. Okay, yeah. I mean, I have some thoughts for yeah. other people. If if we are doing a much 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 earlier production again oh, okay. pre this being written right 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 I think Gene Kelly of course, is someone who does sure. number one who do you want tapping other than Gene Kelly and he could do that that slick but guy that you're still thing. a fan of you also still need to like him enough yes because you're he's like in too you're... much of the movie to be like a sleazy slick exactly. lawyer. For as, you to as I have load. said before, like Gene Kelly is someone who is, can play awful people and yet you're still like I like you, dude. You know, <laughs> and I think that's what you need for Billy Flynn. Um, I also have Hugh Jackman on here. Like, he's someone who I've seen on the Broadway stage. He loves this kind of showbiz sure. thing. And I think, like, he'd do it uh, quite well. Um, this is also a- another, like, much older one. And this is this is also, like, now I'm thinking of, like, all the people you mention every time you come in here with, like, they wanted these people. I'm like, oh, Sammy Davis Jr. I'd be interested in Ooh. that. Like, he, because he's yes, just, like, yes, yes. That, that kind of Vegas kind of energy where it's like, hey, we're doing a show now. Yeah. Um, would be really fun with him, I think. Absolutely. Well, I, I'll say right off the bat, speaking of the Rat Pack, back in the version with Goldie Hawn and Liza Minnelli, it was supposed to be Frank Sinatra as Billy Flynn. I see it 100%. It's, yeah. That's a very simple similar energy uh that you get with sammy davis jr it's that whole kind of like we're in vegas doing a show together and like absolutely Absolutely. and also uh you right again hugh jackman was offered (laughs) but he turned it down because he thought that he was too young for it because specifically it's the scene near the end right before the trial when roxy is like gets scared and he's just like explaining like it's all it's all right before razzle dazzle and he's like it's all show and and he's got like he's like i don't think that i can have legitimacy being like I've been around for so many years. Like I know all the tricks of the trade. I get that. That he thought that he was too young. Cause I mean, like if it was made today, he'd still be the right 
age for it. Be, it's, he, you know. If it were made today, actually, he'd be a, a really... An I ideal think, Absolutely, choice. like, probably your first choice. Yeah. For the it. other person that I would have loved... If it was made today, that I think I would love to see would be Oscar Isaac. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it would be really, really interesting to see. I could really see in totally. that, like, the debonair, charming, smarm, smarming... Yeah. Smarming, smarming. Um, right. Uh, as for other people considered, uh, John Travolta was offered the role three times and passed. Uh, I mean, what did I say? Yeah, but a uh, pretty jerk reason for passing because he, quote, he thought the play was about a bunch of women who hated men. And I like women who like men, which shut up, Travolta, you dummy. I want to hit something well you know what he was coming off he was coming right off of battlefield earth so you should be so lucky travolta you should be so lucky to be offered chicago after battlefield earth you monster uh this is also the fourth time travolta has turned down a role that richard Gere then got no way yeah american gigolo days of heaven and an officer and a gentleman john travolta turned them all down Richard Gere was like, gimme, 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 please. <laughs> I'll take that career. It's so funny because like there are some people who will take apart after someone turns it down and they're like, oh yeah, I see how that person could have done it. But like Richard mm-hmm. Gere in all of those, when well, I haven't seen all of those, but like yeah. all of those feel like ways that he has like made it better. You know A better I mean? choice than Travolta, you mean? Yes. Yeah. I see that. Well, Richard Gere, and that's like, I so easily see how hammy Travolta would be as Billy Flynn if he was cast. We saw OJ, you know, like... Well, we saw Hairspray. We, well, I haven't actually, if I'm <laughs> honest. We saw OJ, we saw Battlefield Earth, like... Face off. Face I mean, off. He, he's a, he likes to chew that scenery. And, and so do I, so I respect it on yeah. a certain level, but also within reason, baby. Yeah. That's the thing, because Richard Gere is like chewing that scenery and hamming it up, but it's still... But Richard Gere level. Not, it's not where he lives. Yeah. Whereas with John Travolta is already hammy at, at zero. So him, him at... in the O.J. Simpson story is so campy. Like, there's this thing where he enters and his like... It's a full drag dance. performance. Like, I, I'm, I'm doing the gesture. It's very Gloria Swanson. <laughs> this is not a he, visual like, medium. Uh, so sorry. <laughs> he he like enters the frame hands first and it's like so Gloria Swanson it, yeah, at so the end p- of Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, and picture the end like, of Sunset what? Boulevard and if you've not seen <laughs> People versus O.J. Simpson, whatever <laughs> Travolta is doing in that. Um, this is so weird. Rob Marshall's original choice, he wanted Michael Jackson. And the producers were like, no. Interesting. As they said, the producers were like, no, because it will pull too much focus from Roxy and Velma, which it will. It will pull focus from For everything sure. else in your movie. Just no, no, no. no. But no. here's another strange choice that I actually would be more interested in. Prince was considered. That is much better. That I would that like is much, to have seen. much better. Still not super known as an actor outside of, you know, Purple Rain and right. uh, the Cherry Moon or something, whatever that movie's called. It's right. got like one other film. But I... But that's... I'm uh, much more interested in that. If you're getting someone who is... Not an actor and is a singer. Is a singer. That's a more, much more interesting uh, oh, casting yeah, for me. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, John Cusack was considered. No! Just having talked about him and Con no! Air. No! <laughs> Joan Cusack and drag? Why not? Count me Joan, C- Joan Cusack also would have been a great Mary Sunshine. Joan Cusack would be great doing anything. She sure would. Why? There's a whole, um, like, campaign where you can, yeah. like, buy, like, shirts and hats that say, like, hire Joan Cusack. Oh, I love it. And I, honestly, wait, I'm well, shocked to have there that There are? Why? Why? We gotta buy those shirts. We gotta, um, I gotta get well, the hat. I, hats. I gotta get that hat. My, my birthday is coming up. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know who I would have liked? Rupert Efford was considered, which that sure. totally see. I see totally that. Totally see. Kevin Spacey was in the running. Well, I think hindsight has proven that to be the correct <laughs> choice. Agreed. Sean Penn no. was considered. No, I get think, out of no. here. No, if okay, if you if you're making a film set 
in like 1920s, 1930s, he should only be playing James Cagney. That's the only person of that he's, era. He's like Sean full Penn gangster should be playing. or not. Right. He, no, absolutely not. Um, but who I would have loved, Kevin Klein was considered. Yeah, that makes sense. Love it. Love it. And I do want to mention Tay Diggs, who played the band leader yes. in the film. He's the one that leads in all the songs. And gets um, all the, and now yeah. the song of desperation. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I was like, well, I, I think, I'm pretty sure he's been in Chicago. Because if you don't know Tay Diggs, he's got an amazing Broadway career. He but was way. in the original productions of Rent, of, of Wicked, of, um, he was, you know, pl- played Hedwig mm-hmm. for a while. Um, but he was a Billy Flynn replacement from September 19th, 2002 to November 5th, 2002. So imagine going to Broadway, seeing Tay Diggs as Billy Flynn, and then going to see the movie a month At later and being like, it's the guy I just saw as Billy Flynn, which I love. I you love know, like how close they were together. You know, you, uh, thinking about Tay Diggs, uh, this is someone who occurs to me who's like energetically a, a bit similar, but um, who I think would would do that kind of Billy Flynn energy really well is Wayne Brady. He's also played it on Broadway. Oh, of course, of he, course, of he, course has. he has. And he, all, he agreed. He Wayne Brady. He's wonderful. Fans. And I, I worked with him on Kinky Boots, and I just I've never worked with someone who <laughs> works that fast, <laughs> retains that much, like uh, like needs so little rehearsal in order to be like, well, I got it. And I'm gonna be perfection. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, he'd be great. Of course, he's played it on Broadway. Of That's course, wonderful. Of uh, so those were all the characters that I found other casting options for. So before we move on, we're gonna do a quick segment of trading places. So if one of the actors almost cast in Chicago did land the role and it led to them subsequently trading careers with the actor who actually was cast, who would you most like to see? For example, if Kate Winslet had been cast as Roxy and her and Zellweger wound up trading career trajectories, then we would have had Winslet playing Judy Garland in the biopic and Zellweger in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and so on and so forth. Uh, So I'll go first. I would either have... It'd be ruined this movie, but I'd either have Gwyneth as Velma, because then Zeta Jones will be playing Pepper Potts in all the Marvel films. And we didn't even think about her when we did Iron Man, but Captain Zeta Jones, Boston, Robert Daddy Jr. around is, is a movie great. I want to say. Or also ruining this film, but Keanu Reeves is Amos, because then John C. Riley will be playing John Wick, and Keanu would be in all these Will Ferrell comedies, and it would be so bad, but I want to see it. Keanu and Will Ferrell as like twin brothers is. That's actually kind of. I mean, that's yeah. kind of stepbrothers with Will Ferrell and Keanu Reeves is oh kind gosh. of hilarious to Wait, imagine. So, does this mean Catherine Zeta Jones founds Goop? Ooh, unfortunately, it does. Wow. It does mean wow, that. Wow, 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 but you know wow, wow. what? A Zeta Jones version of Goop, I'd be more interested in than a Gwyneth Paltrow Goop. It's something. And then it's a different kind of Goop. <laughs> Slightly more interesting Goop. Okay. So this uh, has less to do with art and more to do with uh, divine retribution. <laughs> and that would be to swap uh, and have Kevin Spacey in the Richard Gere role. Because I'll be honest, I don't know what Richard Gere has been doing for the last 20 years. Maybe something. Um, but Kevin Spacey was working a lot. So um, I think it would be nice. I see. Okay, I got you. So now you you've know. got like Richard Gere in Baby Driver. And Richard Gere in House of Cards. House of Cards. Oh, know. okay. You know what? And then, you know, we could still be enjoying and watching these properties. Yes. And and what's the what's the one uh, that Christopher Plummer replaced him in? Like, oh, no all need, the money in the world. No need to replace Richard Gere. <laughs> I mean, maybe there is. I don't know. But not publicly. <laughs> You know, and then Kevin Spacey <laughs> that we just know like, of yet. I'm gonna retire quietly and be evil in my cabin by myself. You right. Know? I mean, Richard Gere is still making films. We just have not been. They're not the films that we're exactly. widely seeing. Exactly. But people were widely watching Why House of Cards. Very true. I am so on board with that. I love it. Love yeah. it. Retribution. 
Retribution. So let's go into our final thoughts. Uh, Amy, final thoughts on Chicago, on the casting, anything else we haven't touched on? Mm -hmm. It is, again, like I said earlier, much better than I remember it being. This was very entertaining. I really enjoyed it. Um, I I think also I'm less of like a hard ass than I used to be and more like I can just enjoy (laughs) this film for what it is. I feel like this movie, when it came out, it had like such praise and of course won the Oscar. And then it kind of everyone turned against it for for like a decade. People were like, oh, Chicago, whatever. But I think people have kind of come back around on it. Um, to give it a second look. And yeah, I think... Well, it also was like a movie musical that people were trying... Like, the right. people who were making it were like, we're going to make musicals cool again. And now we have... And they're not cool, but they exist. Wait, all these, like... you don't think Cats is cool? <sighs> I just got tears in my eyes, <laughs> listeners. I got no, you're, tears you're, in my you're, eyes. you're right. Moulin Rouge and Chicago was like a one-two punch of musicals are back and, and they're, they're sexy cool. And I got to tell you, I went to school for musical theater... Musicals aren't cool. Musicals are great, but they're not cool. They never have been and they never will. Maybe they were at one point, but like, unless you're the cast of Hair, it's not cool. Hamilton is cool, but even then it's a musical, you know? So like, I think there was this like idea that it was supposed to like, now suddenly it's back in vogue. And then it it just didn't, it didn't quite hit for the mainstream in the way that, I mean, it did, it it won a bunch of Oscars, but it didn't hit in the mainstream. I think in the way that it wanted to like. It led to a lot of movie musicals coming out, but not a lot, none of them hitting the same heights. Even stuff like Dreamgirls, like didn't even get nominated for best picture. Cause I remember people were kind of shocked when they realized they're like, Oh wait, we, we didn't even get a best picture nom. Um, because what you got that hairspray, the producers, Mamma Mia, here we go again, Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia, here we go again. Yeah. You've, you've, they're, Fernando, they're, they're definitely speaking of Christine Baranski, Mamma Mia. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, they're definitely making musicals again, much more often than they were. For sure. And so you've got I think like all did, the, like the, whatever Fox live, like that's musicals. What I'm saying. Live movie. Like we have the, oh, maybe yeah. I didn't quite get to that. My th- oh. But like, you know, we have all these things that like these live movie musicals which I, I didn't quite get to that but yes that that they have they're not cool but they've ushered in a more Those, normal scene. they're very not cool no from so many levels but i, I love the whiz that whiz live is great are but, uh... the whiz live i think is the best one oh, agreed but agreed. i'm glad that people are working i'm yeah. thrilled oh, that people are working um but it's also kind of like <sighs> yeah um but no they're not cool but i think that because that was the expectation and then it didn't quite hit end up hitting that way mm-hmm. culturally it felt like in some way a failure and looking back on it now it's like no it's a solid movie it's a solid yeah. movie musical adaptation and it's yeah it's fun i had i had a good time i think it's fun i think there's a lot of good elements to it i think it's a lot of good performers i think yeah. it, i think it's directed really well because of i rob marshall's other stuff is like woof the nine movie musical speaking of awful he, he did one of those pirates of the caribbean movies and like I, nothing else he's done i've had any interest in but i think this movie does hold up um i wanted to mention because out of curiosity i was like okay of the actors considered for billy flynn and in richard gear like what's the worst version and then i was like well who else has played billy flynn on broadway because we could have instead instead of richard gear we could have gotten my two favorites were billy ray cyrus or jerry springer no jerry springer (laughs) played billy flynn on broadway he, I mean, honestly, he is the modern Billy, day Billy Flynn. Billy, Billy, oh, no, that hurts. We like, want Jerry. I feel very deflated, to be honest. This J- is hurting me. J-E-double-R-Y. <laughs> no. <laughs> On that note. Amy Joe, what are you recommending this week? 
Well, Jeff, uh, I read this great book called Akata Witch by mm -hmm. Nnedi Okorafor, and it's tweens doing magic in Nigeria. Uh, she apparently has a ton of other great books, but this is the first one of hers that I've read. So I'm going to read the sequel soon. And she does a lot of other speculative fiction and sci-fi. And I really enjoyed it. If you're looking for like something light but meaningful, I really recommend Akata Witch. Love it. Jeff. Amy Jo, what are you recommending? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I'm recommending the film Little Woods. Maybe you've not heard of it, but perhaps you've seen the trailer to the upcoming remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it, of Candyman. Uh, especially the second trailer they just came out with, uh, or came out with a week or two ago by the time this podcast drops. Um, that's all those these like silhouette puppets. It's an incredible trailer. Uh, which I recommend you check out, even if you're like, I don't want to see anything related to a horror film. Uh, but the director of Candyman, Nia DaCosta, uh, her first film is this movie, Little Woods, that like nobody saw. Uh, but it's streaming on Hulu right now. So check it out. It stars Tessa Thompson and Lily James as sisters struggling to make ends meet in North Dakota. And when the film starts, Thompson has given up her side business of smuggling in medicine from Canada to sell. And circumstances make her think about whether or not she needs to change her mind. And that's all I'll say. Uh, but it's got some incredible performances. And it's like a really cool, tiny, kind of like a modern day crime western almost. Oh, yeah. uh, and whether or not you're interested in Candyman, because it's not a horror film. So if you don't like horror, check it out. But if you, and if you like horror, you should still check it out. And that's what we're recommending today. Da-da-da. <laughs> Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. You can also find us on Instagram at andalmoststarring. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. <laughs> <laughs>